0: Welcome to the United by Strength podcast. Hard work knows no gender, race, sexuality, or creed. It is the universal building block upon which successful tribes are built. Here, you will learn from powerlifting coaches, gymnastics coaches, CrossFit coaches, nutrition coaches, and strongman coaches. We collaborate and share best practices and want to bring our experience and continuing education to you. Top of page 49, fitness, luck, and health. In 2002, we observed that almost any health parameter sits well-ordered on a continuum of values that ranged from sick to well to fit. HDL cholesterol for instance at less than 35 you have a problem 50 is nice 75 is a whole lot better blood pressure 195 over 115 you have a problem 120 over 70 is healthy and one over five over 50 looks more like an athlete triglycerides bone density muscle mass body fat a1c all can be plotted relative to these three values The significance is that these are the predictors, the cause, and the manifestation of chronic disease. Chronic diseases include obesity, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, stroke, and cancer, Alzheimer's, periphery artery disease, advanced biological aging, drug addiction, among many others. It is very likely that if you have any chronic disease you have deranged markers. If you have Alzheimer's, you would see your HDL suppressed, your blood pressure up, your triglycerides up, your body fat up, your muscle mass down, your bone density down, your A1C high, etc. The same is true with diabetes. The same is true with most cancers. Medicine has no effective treatment for chronic disease it is symptomatic only. The doctor gives you a drug to bring your cholesterol down, a different drug to raise your bone density. You might need bariatric surgery if you have morbid obesity. If you have paved over arteries, then they can do bypass surgery. If you become glucose intolerant, the doctor can put you on insulin. But all of these are not fixes. They are masking the problem. If you have persistent malignant hypertension, you should take an antihypertensive if you cannot get your blood pressure down otherwise. But how would you get it down otherwise? CrossFit holds a uniquely elegant solution to the greatest problem facing the world today. It is not global warming or climate change. It is not the worst two choices imaginable for president. It is chronic disease. The CrossFit stimulus which is constantly varied, high-intensity, functional movement, coupled with meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar, can give you a pass on chronic disease. It is elegant in the mathematical sense of being marked by simplicity and efficacy. It is so simple. 70% of deaths in the United States are attributable to chronic disease, Of the 2.6 million people who died in the United States in 2014, 1.8 million died from chronic disease. This pattern of increasing deaths due to chronic diseases also holds in countries that are ravaged by infectious disease. The numbers are rising. And when we finally add the PET positive cancers in, the number might be 80 to 85% in the United States. It is estimated by Centers for Disease Control, that the United States could have up to 100 million diabetics in 2050. That will affect everyone. You will not go into the emergency room for something as simple as a broken arm. You will be seeing heart attacks on every corner. Medicine has no solution. You do. CrossFit, with meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, a little starch, no sugar, will help you avoid all of this. The other 30% are dying from accidents that come in four ick variants. Kinetic, genetic, toxic, and microbic. Kinetic or physical trauma, a car crash, getting hit on your bike. Toxic is environmental toxins such as lead poisoning. Genetic would be genetic disorders like cystic fibrosis. You are just born with it. Microbic being viral, bacterial, prions. This is where the treatment can be symptomatic. This is where the miracles of medicine are. If you, have got, if you have got a genetic disorder that is making you sick, you need a doctor. If you've been poisoned, you need a doctor. If you caught a nasty virus or a flesh-eating bacteria, you need a doctor. You do not need to go to the gym. You do not need burpees. Doctors are like lifeguards. CrossFit trainers are like swim coaches. When you are drowning, you do not need a swim coach. You needed one and you did not get one. What you need is a lifeguard. We will teach people how to swim and when they do not pay attention and they go under, the doctors take care of it. Accidents are largely stuff you can do nothing about, but there is one exception, be fit. Kinetic, we hear stories from war of CrossFitters surviving things that people have not survived previously. Toxicity, Someone who is fitter is more likely to survive the same poisoning than someone that is not. Genetic, there are genes you have inherited that will or will not express because of your behavior through diet and exercise. And microbic, who is most vulnerable to viral pneumonia, the frail, the feeble. So fitness offers a protection here. But assume there is no protection from fitness because... What you need in terms of preventing accidents largely is luck. Luck, there is no good luck versus bad luck. It just looks like not having these things happen to you. 70% of what kills people can be addressed by what CrossFit trainers do, and the other 30% of deaths occur based on luck. So, get fit and do not think about luck. If you stand around worried about germs, worried about the tire that is going to come through the windshield, worried about breathing toxic air, and worried about your genes, you are wasting your time. It will not make you happy. It will not make you better. It will not make you safer. You are not going to live any longer. This sums up to my kinetic theory of health. The singular focus on kinematics, increasing work capacity, increasing your fitness, is how to avoid chronic disease. Just get a better Fran time, better deadlift, better Diane time, and do all the things that would support a better Fran time, like eating meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Get plenty of sleep and maybe take some fish oil. After that, we are out of stuff that matters. With that singular focus on work capacity, we can avoid chronic disease, and there is nothing really to worry about. You have the lifestyle answer. Make it to the gym. Eat like we tell you, and enjoy yourself. We have hacked health. Here is the magic formula for you. Fitness plus luck, which can only be bad, equals health. It is the part you can do something about plus the part you can do nothing about, which sums to your outcome. So make the most out of fitness, and you will not be part of the 7 out of 10 that die unnecessarily due to lifestyle. In the end, chronic disease is is a deficiency syndrome. It is sedentation with malnutrition. The cost of chronic disease is such that U.S. medical expenditure is now about four trillion a year. In 2008, PricewaterhouseCooper estimated that roughly half of all U.S. medical expenditure was wasted on unnecessary procedures, administrative inefficiencies, treatment of preventable conditions, and so on. Add in fraud and abuse, and we are wasting well more than a trillion dollars. We also know 86% of overall healthcare spending goes to treating the chronically diseased ineffectively. Of the remaining 14%, half goes to the stuff that medicine can actually do something about. That means 7% of healthcare spending is not wasted. The amount spent on chronic disease is a waste. What CrossFit trainers are providing is non-medical health care. When doctors treat those affected by accidents, the 30%, that is medical health care. If you are confused about the two, it is easy to distinguish by methods and tools. If someone is cut open, given radiation, prescribed pills, injected with syringes, it is medicine. It is treatment by a doctor. On our side, it looks like CrossFit. We have rings, dumbbells, pull-up bars, our own bodies, And the prescription is universal. It is not to treat disease. It does not matter where you fall on this continuum. You get put on the same program. If the prescription is universal, it cannot be medicine. If it is something everyone needs, like air or oxygen, that is not medicine. Without vitamin C, you can get scurvy. Should physicians control orange and lemon groves, onion and kale production because they have vitamin C that you cannot live without? We do not want them to be doing that to food. We cannot let them do that to exercise. And there is a powerful movement with a lot of funding afoot to try to do exactly that. Millions of dollars are being spent to bring exercise into the purview of the medical arena so that it falls under the Affordable Care Act. We have 13,000 gyms with 2 to 4 million people safe from chronic disease right now. This community is doing a lot of good things on a lot of fronts. Yet, our gyms are thriving not because of our impact on chronic disease. They are thriving because the end users, the customers, are extremely happy with the transformation. And it is part physical, part emotional, part health markers, part relationships. That is the miracle of CrossFit. People are getting something that they did not even know they wanted or needed. Zone Meal Plans, starting at the top of page 52. Our recommendation to eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar is adequate to the task of preventing the scourges of diet-induced disease, but a more accurate and precise prescription is necessary to optimize physical performance. Finely tuned, a good diet will increase energy sense of well-being, and acumen, while simultaneously flensing fat and packing on muscle. When properly composed, the right diet can nudge every important quantifiable marker for health in the right direction. Diet is critical to optimizing human function, and our clinical experience leads us to believe that Barry Sears' Zone Diet closely models optimal nutrition. CrossFit's best performers are zone eaters. When our second tier athletes commit to strict adherence to zone parameters, they generally become top tier performers quickly. It seems that the zone diet accelerates and amplifies the effects of the CrossFit regimen. Unfortunately, the full benefit of zone diet is largely limited to those who have at least, at first, weighed and measured their food. For a decade, we experimented with sizing and proportioning strategies that avoided scales and measuring cups and spoons, only to conclude that natural variances in caloric intake and macronutrient composition without measurement are greater than the resolution required to turn good performance to great. Life would be much easier for us were this not so. The meal plans and block chart on the following pages have been our most expedient approach for eliciting elite athletes' best performances and optimal health. Even discounting any theoretical or technical content, this portal to sound nutrition still requires some basic arithmetic and weighing and measuring portions for the first weeks. Too many athletes, after supposedly reading Sears' book, Enter the Zone, still ask, so what do I eat for dinner? They get meal plans and block charts. We can make the zone more complicated or simpler, but not more effective. We encourage everyone to weigh and measure portions for a couple weeks because it is supremely worth the effort, not because it is fun. If you choose to guesstimate portions, you will have the result of CrossFit's top performers only if and when you are lucky. Within a couple of weeks of weighing and measuring, you will have developed an uncanny ability to estimate the mass of common food portions. But more importantly, you will have formed a keen visual sense of your nutritional needs. This is a profound awareness. In the zone scheme, all of humanity calculates to either two, three, four, or five block meals at breakfast, lunch, and dinner with either one or two block snacks between lunch and dinner and again between dinner and bedtime. We have simplified the process for determining which of the four meal sizes and two snack sizes best suits your needs. We assume that you are CrossFitters, i.e. active. Being a four blocker, for instance, means that you eat three meals each day where each meal is composed of four blocks of protein, four blocks of carbohydrate, and four blocks of fat. Whether you are a smallish medium-sized guy or a large-ish medium-sized guy would determine whether you need snacks of one, two blocks twice a day. The meal plans we give stand as examples of two, three, four, or 5 block meals, and the block chart gives quantities of common foods equivalent to 1 block of protein, carbohydrate, or fat. Once you determine that you need, say, 4 block meals, it is simple to use the block chart and select 4 times something from the protein list four times something from the carbohydrate list and four times something from the fat list in every meal one block snacks are chosen from the block chart at face value for a single snack of protein carbohydrates and fat whereas two block snacks are naturally chosen composed of twice something from the carbohydrate list combined with twice something from the protein list and twice something from the fats every meal Every snack must contain equivalent blocks of protein, carbohydrate, and fat. If the protein source is specifically labeled non-fat, then double the usual fat blocks for that meal. Read into the zone to learn why. For those eating according to zone parameters, body fat comes off fast. When our men fall below 10% body fat and start approaching 5%, we kick up the fat intake. The majority of our best athletes end up at X blocks of protein, X blocks of carbohydrate, and four or five times uh, the blocks of fat. Learn to modulate fat intake to produce a level of leanness that optimizes performance. The zone diet neither prohibits nor requires any particular food. It can accommodate paleo or vegan, organic or kosher, fast food or fine dining while delivering the benefits of high-performance nutrition. Starting at page 55, we are going into the um, zone meal plans. So there are a lot of tables and charts here, a lot of take-home things that you can use in your study for learning about um, zone and learning what blocks are and what constitutes them, all of the... um, not recipes, but uh, components, the tables that list what are carbohydrates, uh, protein, and fat blocks, and so on are all within pages uh, between 55 and 64. Uh, These don't really come across well in audio, but you should definitely check those out in the free PDF uh, and look at them to go along with. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to read the big yellow blob that explains what a block is here on page 55 and then we're gonna jump ahead to where the text picks back up again on page 64 which is typical CrossFit block prescriptions and adjustments so here we go on page 55 with what is a block a block is a unit of measure used to simplify the process of making balanced meals a block uh, is seven grams of protein which is one block of protein nine grams of carbohydrate, one block of carbohydrate, and three grams of fat, or one block of fat. Since most protein sources contain fat, as in meat, individuals should only add 1.5 grams for each fat block when constructing meals. The block chart on the following pages outlines an amount of each item to achieve 1.5 grams of fat. When a meal is composed of equal blocks of protein, carbohydrate, and fat, 40% of its calories are from carbohydrate, 30% are from protein, and 30% are from fat. The following pages contain common foods in their macronutrient category, i.e. protein, carbohydrate, or fat, along with a conversion of measurements to blocks. This block chart is a convenient tool for making balanced meals. Simply choose one item from the protein list, one item from the carbohydrate list, and one item from the fat list to compose a one-block meal, or choose two items from each column to compose a two-block meal, and so on. Here is a simple four-block meal. Four ounces of chicken breast, one artichoke, one cup of steamed vegetables with 24 crushed peanuts, and one sliced apple. This this meal contains 28 grams of protein, 36 grams of carbohydrate, and 12 grams of fat. It is simpler, though, to think of it as a four-block meal. Jumping over now, again, check out those charts, lists, uh, and things. Very useful to have in your kitchen and uh, in your study. Uh, On to page 64, Typical CrossFit Block Prescriptions and Adjustments. To best understand the zone diet, CrossFitters should read Dr. Barry Sears' book, Enter the Zone. This article gives more information regarding block prescriptions and fat intake adjustments for CrossFitters. The chart, based on sex and body type in Zone Meal Plans article, is a perfect way to begin the zone. In cases where the athlete chooses the wrong block size, this can be modified after a few weeks once the desired results are not achieved. While starting at a block higher or lower than ideal may slow progress, it is infinitely more important to start weighing and measuring intake than to not start at all. Dr. Barry Sears details a more precise method to calculate one's block prescription and enter the zone, it is Your your zone block prescription equals lean body mass in pounds, activity level, i.e. in pounds of lean body mass, and then proteins per block. This is a a formula that you'll have to look at. The activity level ranges on a scale of 0 to 1. For those who work out several days a week and do not have a labor-intensive job, The activity level should be 0.7, i.e. most CrossFitters. This simplifies to a zone block prescription that is 10% of lean mass. The activity factor should increase if the athlete does CrossFit two or more times a day, trains for another sport in addition to CrossFit, or holds a strenuous daily job, i.e. construction, farming, and potentially coaching if one's on their feet all day. Although CrossFit workouts are relatively intense, they are not long in duration, or at least shouldn't be. An individual does not need to increase the activity level value based on intensity alone. Activity volume determines this. Sample calculations of the zone block prescription. Suppose an athlete is 185 pounds with 16% body fat. He does CrossFit five days per week and works in a typical office environment. A sample calculation of his zone block prescription follows. First, lean body mass is calculated. Calipers are are a convenient, easy to use, and reasonably accurate method. Lean body mass equals 185 pounds. Because of the activity factor, it's 0.7, the simplified formula is used. Block prescription equals... 155.4 155.4 pounds times 0.10 equals 15.54 blocks or rounded to 15 blocks. Again, that is a formula that's here in the training guide. That's a lot easier to understand your picture if you're looking at it, so check that out. This means that the example athlete above would eat 15 blocks a day. Note, the total calories presented here are underestimated due to hidden calories. Most foods are classified by a single macronutrient, despite some other macronutrient presence. These less predominant macronutrients for each source are not included in the total calorie calculations. This athlete could also choose to round up to 16 blocks, particularly if the athlete is more likely to have compliance issues. The zone prescription is a calorie-restrictive diet and can be difficult, especially for new adopters. Rounding up to the next whole block when one's calculation has a decimal value may result in slower progress but may also get better long-term compliance. Once the athlete has become accustomed to the diet, then the total blocks can be lowered to 15, particularly if desired body composition has not yet been achieved. Increasing fat intake. The caloric restriction leans out the athlete while providing enough protein and carbohydrate for typical CrossFit activity levels. However, the athlete can become too lean. The athlete is considered too lean when performance decreases in combination with continued weight loss. Too lean should not be based on body weight or appearance alone. When a loss of mass coincides with a drop in performance, the athlete needs to add calories to the diet. This can be accomplished by doubling the fat intake. For the 15-block example athlete, daily food intake at 2 times fat would be, and it gives you a nice little diagram here showing what 2 times fat would look like for that athlete. At twice the fat, the macronutrient ratio based on calories has changed from 30% Protein, 40% carbohydrate, 30% fat, 2, 23% protein, 31% carbohydrate, and 46% fat. Fat can continue to be multiplied if the athlete has further mass loss and performance decline. Many CrossFit athletes have a diet including five times the fat. For the 15-block athlete, daily food intake at five times the fat would look like at five times the fat, it would has changed to 14% protein, 18% carbohydrate, and 68% fat. Moving on to supplementation section. This section begins at the top of page 67. Whole, unprocessed foods are the best source of both macronutrients and micronutrients in terms of composition, variety, and density, such that supplementation is generally not recommended. We contend that eating a high-quality, whole-food-based diet in known quantities are the most important tenets of nutrition for improving performance and health. Not only are supplements generally poorer nutrient sources, but they are also an unnecessary focus for someone not following our basic diet plan of weighed and measured meat and vegetables, etc. However, there is one supplement that we find is beneficial enough to make a blanket recommendation, and that is fish oil. Fish oil provides omega 3 fatty acids, which are a type of polyunsaturated fat. Physiological fats are known as triglycerides in biological terms. They are composed of a glycerol backbone with three fatty acids attached. The attached fatty acids are mixtures of saturated, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated fats. Although one fatty acid is predominant in each food, all three are represented to some degree. Figure 2 provides a summary of the types of fat and example foods of each. The two types of polyunsaturated fats found most frequently in foods are omega-3 and omega-6 fats. Classifying a fatty acid as omega-3 versus omega-6 is dependent on chemical structure. Polyunsaturated fats are sources of the two essential fatty acids, meaning they must be obtained from the diet. They are alpha-linoleic acid, or ALA, and omega-3 and linoleic acid, LA, in omega-6. Omega-3 fats are known as anti-inflammatory fats and omega-6 fats are known as pro-inflammatory fats based on their physiological functions. Both are needed in relatively equal quantities. Current diets tend to have too many omega-6 fats pushing the balance towards pro-inflammatory physiological processes. The current omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is approximately 20 to 1 and higher, where primitive populations likely had a ratio closer to 2 to 1. Sources of omega-6 fats to the diet are vegetable oils, nuts, conventionally raised or grain-fed or feedlot meat, and eggs, and farm-raised fish. Eliminating processed food according to our diet should reduce exposure to omega-6 fats from vegetable oils. However, most meat and eggs are conventionally raised, which result in greater omega-6 content than if we were wild than if they were wild or grass-fed. Nuts and seeds also have more omega-6 fats than omega-3, therefore. It is possible that even though one eats the foods on our lists, his or her diet could still be pro-inflammatory relative to the ancestral past. Fish oil supplementation improves the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids and reduces the inflammatory responses in the body. Fish oil provides two types of omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. The form of omega-3 fats preferred by the brain and body. The body can convert ALA to EPA and DHA, but the conversion process is inefficient. Some practitioners have recommended a combined daily intake on the order of 3 grams of EPA and DHA for an otherwise healthy individual, although the exact amount is dictated by one's total omega-6 intake. Each brand of fish oil has a different concentration of EPA and DHA per serving, as indicated on the label. Individuals may have to take multiple servings to get 3 grams of EPA and DHA, as brands may include omega-3s that are not either. Flax seed or oil is not an appropriate supplement for omega-3s. Flax is a good source of ALA but because of the poor conversion to EPA and DHA, it is not recommended. If the individual is vegan, DHA can be obtained with algae oil. Research has indicated positive health benefits by supplementing with fish oil. Omega-3 fats help increase the fluidity of cell membranes and research has indicated supplementation can improve insulin sensitivity, cardiovascular function, nervous system function, immune health, memory, and mood issues. Omega-3s also function as an anticoagulant, so military personnel should consider removing fish oil supplements from their diet a couple of weeks prior to deployment. It may also be appropriate for those with an upcoming surgery to stop taking fish oil two weeks out from that date. These individuals should talk with their doctor regarding these circumstances. It is possible to avoid omega-3 supplementation depending on food intake. Although the individual needs to be fastidious with his or her diet, this could be accomplished by avoidance of all vegetable oils, which are used at most every restaurant, and nuts and seeds. Meat would have to be grass-fed, eggs pasture-raised, and wild-caught fish should be consumed a few times a week. Because this is not practical for many people, supplementation is used. Besides the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s in the diet, the total number of polyunsaturated fat is an important consideration. It is not ideal to take in high doses of either omega-6 vegetable oils or nuts or omega-3 fats based on the stability of polyunsaturated fats relative to other fats. Fish oil supplementation does not negate the effects of a bad diet. The total recommended polyunsaturated fat intake in a diet is not well established. An equal representation of the three fats appears prudent. Individuals should work with a primary care doctor to determine if supplementation is appropriate, particularly particularly in cases with specific medical conditions. Thank you for listening to the United by Strength podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the information that we were able to put out today. Please take from it what you want and leave what you don't. If you have feedback for us, please send it to United by Strength Podcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review if you have the time. It really helps people find the podcast and allows us to grow our base of listeners. <music> I'm